Hi, I'm Michael C. Patterson of MindRamp Consulting. This is Episode 6 of our MAPS Method series of podcasts. We're working our way through the four basic components of MindRamp's MAPS Method, starting with M, motivation, then A, assessments, and with this episode, P, for planning. And after the planning episodes, we will explore the S for skills that you need to sustain your brain health action plans. The core objective of this section, the the P for planning section, is to turn your motivation for brain health into action by establishing concrete action plans. In our playbook and in our MAPS workshops, we offer two basic approaches. You can either work on basic foundational plans that we suggest for you, or you can design your own plans. Or, of course, you can do both. But in this episode, we're going to focus on the foundational plans. Foundational maps are basic mind-ramping action plans that are general enough to work for everyone. There are a set of action plans for each cogwheel. If you do them, you will get a solid foundation in each of these core behavioral areas. Integrate these foundational maps into your daily routines, and you will make great strides in strengthening your brain and making it more resilient. Remember that you need to have all of the cogwheels working well. That said, you you can't necessarily work on all of them at the same time. You'll already be doing well with, with some areas, so keep up the good work and then put more energy now into the areas in which you're struggling or where you need more work. We offer five foundational maps for each of the eight cogwheels. So think of these maps as basic activities that will establish a firm foundation for improvement. Once you're comfortable playing with your foundational maps, well, we encourage you to design your own customized action plans. These self-designed maps can address targeted areas of concern that you have identified specifically for yourself. And we'll review how to design your own maps later in in the next podcast. So here we go. Let's focus on foundational action plans. As I said in the playbook, we offer five action plans for each of the eight cogwheels. And we have a chart that outlines all of the 40 action plans in our playbook, and it's also on the website. The playbook also offers a series of worksheets for each cogwheel that will help you work through the development of the action plans. The first action plan for each cogwheel is an audit of some kind. Your first objective, in other words, is to build on the assessments that you did in the previous sections and get more specific and detailed about what you need to do. You home in on the specific aspects of the cogwheel that are most important to work on. So let's take physical exercise for an example. When you're doing a physical exercise audit, the first task is to clarify your objective. So let's say your objective is to complete the physical exercise audit within the next two weeks. That's a clear objective. You've got a time frame and you've got a specific set of activities that you you want to take place. You'll be trying to pin down how often during each week you actually do things like aerobic exercise. How often do you build strength? 
how often do you stretch and, and work on your flexibility? Or how often do you work on posture and balance? The audit is a kind of reality check for yourself. And it'll give you information to help you prioritize which areas you need to work on most. You know, do you really get as much aerobic exercise as you think you do? Or maybe you get more. This is all good information, but with the audit, you're really charting what you do during the week. So once you've got that objective of completing your physical exercise audit within two weeks, your next step is to develop a strategy or multiple strategies to make that objective come true. How are you going to actually work this out? How are you going to do it? So, for example, one strategy might be to get the get the MindRamp playbook and use the audit worksheet in the playbook. Use that as your, your basic thing. So with that strategy in mind, then you build a series of specific tactics and a timeline for carrying out the strategy. So if you, you've worked down from an objective to strategies, to specific tactics, and a timeline. So with the tactics and timeline, you're looking to identify very specific actions. Then for each action, you figure out exactly when you're going to do it and think about how long each action will take so that you can uh, make sure that you have time to complete each task and that you make time in your, in your daily schedule to, to do that task. What you're doing, in effect, with the tactics is chunking. You are breaking the large task into smaller, manageable activities. And you're also building a logical sequence of activities that will take you step by step from where you are now to where you want to get in the future. For example, going back to the strategy of using the audit worksheet from the MindRamp playbook, your tactics might be um, on Sunday, I'm going to purchase the playbook and download the audit worksheet. Then on Monday, I'm going to print the worksheet and use some magnets to stick it up on the refrigerator. That way I'll see it every time I dip into the refrigerator for a snack. Then I'm going to fill in data every day, but I'm going to do that in the evening after I do the dinner, the dinner dishes. That's, I'm going to make that my habit, my routine. As soon as I'm finished doing the dishes, I'm going to look at the refrigerator and fill in the audit, remembering what I did during the day. I'm going to collect that data for two weeks, no, three weeks, just in case one week is a little wacky and you know I want to I want to make sure that I get a normal week. So I'm going to average out what what happens over three weeks. Finally, at the end of the three weeks, I'm going to analyze that data. I'm going to look at it, get an average for each of the categories of the exercise, like aerobics, strength, flexibility, and so on, and, and just see how much am I actually getting. Where am I falling down, not getting enough? Where am I doing great? That'll help me figure out what I actually need to do, what are, what are the steps that I need to take next. So in this way, you've started with a clear objective, Develop strategies to achieve that objective, chunk the strategy down to manageable tasks, and establish a time frame for completing each task and the overall strategy. And of course, it's probably a good idea not to have just one strategy. Think up a couple of strategies, two or three, and then decide uh, which one of them is the best one, which one is really going to work for you. Or maybe it takes two strategies to do this. 
I mean, a different strategy might be just to design your own approach uh, rather than using the one that's in the playbook. You might decide to keep a diary or to keep track on a smartphone or a Fitbit. It's a good idea, however you decide to do this, to write down your objective, your strategies, and your tactics. As I said, there's a worksheet in the playbook for this, but you can, you know, just write your plan down however you like to. But but do write it down and keep the paper. Refer back to it so that it helps you stay on task. Let me give you an idea of the types of activities that are on our foundational chart. The series of five activities that we recommend for each of the cogwheels. These action plans are designed to get you started on a risk management approach. You start working to minimize risk factors while maximizing protective factors. We will discuss the cogwheels in much greater detail in an upcoming series of podcasts. For now, we just want to get you started thinking about the type of action plans you could initiate to protect and strengthen your brain. Let's start with physical exercise and movement. As I mentioned, we start most of these. The, the, the first action plan that we recommend is a kind of an audit. So with physical exercise and movement, what you want to do is take a look at how much exercise of each type you are actually getting during a normal week. And the things that you want to focus on are aerobic exercise. That's a vigorous enough exercise so that you're actually sort of breathing and maybe breathing hard and maybe breaking a sweat. Strength training. You want to strengthen the muscles in your upper body and your legs and also in your core. You want to work on flexibility, so stretching. You also want to work on balance and posture. So those are the five areas that you want to take a look at. Are you actually working on these during the week or are the activities that you're engaging in increasing your flexibility, for example? Are they testing your balance and are you thinking about standing up straight all of the time? Then the kind of action plans that you can take would be plans to increase activity in at least one of those areas. Which one maybe are you doing less than the others? Which needs a little bit more work? If you're already working on these areas, do more. Push yourself a bit. Next cogwheel is mental engagement or mental stimulation. So the audit here is to, again, look at how much time you are actually spending during an average week engaged in mental activities that have the following characteristics. These are the characteristics that we've identified and we think are really important for being truly stimulating mental activities that strengthen your brain and protect your brain. Are the activities, the mental activities, novel? Are they new? Are they different? Second, are they challenging you? Are they pushing you beyond where you are now, sort of a little bit outside of your comfort zone? Third, are they meaningful to you? Is there an emotional connection that you have to this so that you engage your emotions as well as your intellect? And four, are they complex? The more complex an activity, the more different types of mental and cognitive functions you're engaging and, and exercising. 
So the actions you can take is to make a plan to engage in mental activity that does one of those things. Is it novel? For example, if you always read a particular kind of a book, well, read something different. Or if you always watch one particular news show, watch a different kind of news show. Are you doing something that's challenging? Challenge yourself. Find something that's meaningful, something that's complex. I mentioned reading. Reading in and of itself is an incredibly complex and uh, productive mental activity. So read, if you're not reading at all, read. <laughs> if you are reading, read stuff that's different, things that stretch you and challenge you. Writing is another cognitive activity that is very stimulating. The exercise of taking the thoughts that are in your brain and putting them down on paper and making sense out of it is a very difficult challenge, but it's a great exercise. And it's also a way for you to, to explore what you're thinking, what's going on in your brain. All right, social engagement is the third cogwheel. The goal really for social engagement is to make sure that you have a support system. This is the basic foundational goal, that you have a support system of people who are going to support your efforts to work on keeping your brain healthy and your mind sharp. The audit, if you will, is a look at who do you have in your circle of friends who will support you in this? What kind of support systems do you have? On the other side, who are people who are maybe going to be obstacles, or maybe will get in the way of this. So then your action plans are to organize a social system that will support your effort. Once you've identified who these people are, figure out how you're going to engage them. How are you going to tell them about what you're doing, and how are you going to get them to support you in this? Some of them might actually participate with you, which would be great. It's always easier to do these things if you have a buddy to, to play along with you but also just people who will, you can say, this is my goal, and then later on they'll, they'll check with you. It's a form of accountability. Have you done it? Not that they're going to come down on you if you haven't fulfilled it, but it's just a way of making it real for you. So spend more time with supportive people and groups, and then also make a plan to withdraw from people and groups that have a negative influence on your happiness and your well-being. Stress management is the next cogwheel that we want to focus on. And again, you want to start with looking at over the course of a week, over two weeks, what are the kinds of stresses that you are experiencing? And you want to look at whether they are acute, that means short term and you know, once it's done, you're, you're over it, or are they chronic stresses? Are you suffering from this low-lying, enduring stress uh, that just doesn't go away? And certainly during this time of the coronavirus pandemic, we're all feeling a degree of chronic stress about, the, about getting sick. So what in your life beyond the coronavirus is causing you stress? Or more specifically, if, if you're dealing with the coronavirus, what is it about the conditions that is causing you stress? So once you get an idea of what is causing you stress, then you can A, take action plans to learn some stress management technique. One of the simple ones, for example, is strategic breathing. Just learning to slow down your breathing, take a deep breath, nice long exhalation, that calms your body down. 
It minimizes the stress response. So learning simple things like that can help you in the moment. But long term, what you want to do is make a plan to convert chronic stress into acute stress because you can't really deal with chronic stress. Anxieties about the future or its ruminations about the past. What you need to do is bring your stress into the present, make it acute so that it can be managed more effectively, so that you can treat it as a challenge and, and address that challenge and actually then diminish your stress response because you've handled a particular problem in the present. Diet nutrition is our next cogwheel. And again, over the course of a week or two, you want to look at what are you really eating and drinking? Specifically, what kinds of foods are you eating and how much are you eating? Because you want to get a handle on, uh, are you really getting a balanced diet? Are you overeating in certain areas? Are you drinking too much alcohol? Stuff like that. So then, with that information, you can develop a simple action plan. What can I do? How am I going to go about eating a balanced diet? Making sure that I have all of the, the essential nutrients that I need to have. You want to stress that you're going to eat real foods, fresh fruits and vegetables and whole grains and so on. You might make a, an action plan to avoid packaged foods and fast foods because they are chock full of the stuff that you don't want to be eating and very poor in the types of foods that you do want to be eating. Another action plan might be to cook more meals at home because when you cook, you have much more control over what foods you are actually preparing and the quality of the foods that you're preparing and the amount of foods that you're preparing. Sleep is our next cogwheel. During the audit, you want to look at how long you're sleeping each night and how well you are sleeping each night. And then a third thing you want to look at is, do you have a regular sleep schedule? Do you go to sleep at basically the same time and get up at basically the same time? Because that's what's recommended in order to get the best out of your sleep. The fourth thing you want to look at, besides how long you sleep, how well you sleep, and your sleep schedule, is whether you have any definable sleep disorders. For example, sleep apnea, that's the process where if generally you're snoring a lot and you actually stop breathing for periods at a time. Or if you have chronic insomnia, if you just can't get to sleep or you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't get back to sleep you know, recognize that that's going on. Then with that knowledge, you can begin to develop action plans. You want to, let's say you develop an action plan, you want to standardize your sleep schedule. You're going to try really hard, make a plan to go to sleep at basically the same time every night and to wake up at basically the same time in the morning. Make a plan for at least eight hours in bed. One of the things I've learned by using a Fitbit, for example, is that on average during the night, I am awake for an hour. So if I think I'm getting eight hours of sleep, I'm really only getting seven hours of sleep. So I have to make, if I want to get seven hours, I have to make sure that I'm in bed thinking that I'm sleeping for eight hours. If you know that you're suffering from sleep apnea or insomnia, 
Well, then you need to get professional help and, and work that out because those are those are very bad for you. Medical factors are our next cogwheel. When you're doing the audit, you want to look at how you are working on prevention, treatment, and management of whatever is going on. We can always be working on preventing sickness and injury so that we avoid getting sick in the first place. But how much, how actively are you actually doing that during the week? Are you working on the cogwheels, for example, because all of the cogwheels contribute to this effort? Are you making sure that you're getting the vaccines that you need? Are you going to the, getting dental care, eye care? Uh, are you taking care of your hearing if you have problems with hearing? Treatment is also important. If you are sick, are you actually doing what you need to do to treat it? Are you going to the doctor? Are you taking the prescribed medicine? Are you wearing your glasses? Are you wearing your hearing aids? Are you keeping track of the medications and supplements? And then if you have a chronic illness that is just going to be with you, are you managing it as best you can? Are you adopting the healthy behaviors that are going to slow its progress? And are you doing whatever you need to be doing to make sure that it doesn't progress? So once you have that information, then you can make a plan to address whatever challenges you have. If you're not taking your medications, develop a plan to figure out, okay, I know I need to take the medications on a regular basis. How am I going to get myself to do it? The final cogwheel is environmental factors. So basically, is your environment enriched? And is it supportive of what you're doing? Or is it impoverished? Does it sap energy? Does it make you feel bad? And this uh, pertains both to your immediate environment, in your favorite room, in your house, but also in the community outside. So you want to look at what in your home and in your community, what is enriching? What makes you feel good? What makes you feel powerful? What makes you feel inspired and, and curious and interested in the world? Conversely, what in your home and your community environment is impoverishing or risky? What makes you tense? What makes you stressful? What pulls you down? What depresses you? And then clearly, once you've identified those things, you can make a plan to further enrich your environment. What could you do to enrich the environment of your home, of your room, and so on? A little bit harder, but what could you do about your environment, your surrounding environment, to enrich it, make it feel more supportive of you? Likewise, when you identify things that are impoverishing about your environment, what can you do to mitigate those factors? By the way, we go into more detail about foundational action plans and, and all of the map stages in the MindRamp playbook. Uh, the full title is Winning the Brain Health Game, MindRamp's Cognitive Wellness Playbook. And it's chock full of exercises and worksheets that can help you play your way through the development of an effective brain health action plan or a whole set of action plans. The playbook is available for sale on our website at www.mindramp.org. And of course, you can always sign up with Roger and me for personal coaching to increase the efficiency and productivity of your progress towards brain health. In the next podcast, we will talk more about designing your own brain health action plans. Mm -hmm.